Uh, welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast that analyzes then ruthlessly mocks your favorite horror movies. Uh, don't worry, we mock ourselves even more. I'm Mary. I'm Mary Kay. And then rejoining us today is the delightful Miss Emily Brooks. Or I'm sorry, Emily Brooks Lewis, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what you did to your name. Emily Brooks <laughs> Lewis, all the way from Vietnam. It's seven in the morning for her right now. It is. I, <laughs> what a good I'm, person to be awake and talking at 7 a.m. I mean, I'm always ready to talk about scary movies any time of day or night. You call me, even if I'm asleep, I'll wake up and we'll talk about some scary movies. But yeah, I just, <laughs> I just recently, like a week ago, moved to Vietnam. Um, so this has been cool. I've never been to... Southeast Asia before, and now I live here, which is a little insane. Yeah, that's but it's dope. exciting. It is. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And the food is so amazing. Like honestly, their food is on a whole other level than American food. We need to get on. Yeah, we absolutely. need to get on it, man. So you guys might remember Emily from our Deliverance episode. Long way from West Virginia to Cleveland, and now to Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City. Yeah, I'm so glad you got to come, Emily, because. We have been wondering, like, who's going to fill in while Megan takes care of her tiny baby angel. Respawn. Yes. Respawn. (laughs) Respawn. He is super cute. I don't know if our listeners have seen pictures of her baby, but he is adorable. He is one of the cutest little nugget soybeans that I've ever seen. It's a real tough a real tough guy, too, to be like, when am I due? Fuck that shit. I'm he on my way his own party. <laughs> yeah. He did. <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man up in this shit. Right. Except he's facing the wrong way. It'd be like if the Kool-Aid man ran into rooms backwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so that's what I'm going to start calling him now, Megan. Uh, the whole time she was pregnant, every week, uh, she didn't tell anyone the baby's name for a long time. And I I just called him something different in my head every week. And there were always ridiculous names that she would never use. Like very old. Actually, they were all like Trinidadian names, these really old-fashioned English names, you know. Now I'm going to have to make up even weirder things because he has a real name. And a very cool name. A he very does. cool name. That kid's yeah. going places. He's going to be tall. But that. he's going places that's- backwards. So going places backwards hugely, just hugely. <laughs> Speaking of going places backwards, what are we talking about today? Oh, fine. Okay, yeah. So today, actually, I'm really excited that we are discussing the Korean smash hit "Train to Busan," and uh, we're gonna dive right in because it was so much fun to watch. I am so excited to talk about it. If you haven't seen it, as of this recording, I don't want to do y'all dirty in case this changes, but as of this recording, it is free to watch on Netflix if you have a subscription or your, like, auntie's, ex's, best friend's, cousin's <laughs> subscription or like whatever me. you got, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just go watch it. Like, wait. Like, just press pause right now. It's maybe two hours. It's, it's not very long. And it, it goes feels real like fast. it flies by. Yeah. It, it is it, really high stress. It is a runaway train situation so it is literally a literal train wreck and be <laughs> ready to so feel good. every emotion you've ever felt within the span of this movie mm-hmm. yeah you're gonna you're gonna just kind of careen from deep 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 feelings to just staring deeply at the screen trying to identify a single pore you will be unable to find a single pore they are all so true. Um, so true so for our icebreaker today um this movie works with some pretty solid 
archetypes um, and its its main characters. So what we're going to do is each of us is going to recast just one role as if it were being remade by like some dumb Hollywood executive who would lean way too hard into the archetype and just like make a choice based on money and inherently kind of ruin the movie with their dumb casting choice, right? Because every time we remake East Asian cinema, we kind of make the movie worse or we kind of smooth away all the edges to the point that it's not even special anymore or it's not as scary or not as intense or impressive. So like what is that like big glossy Hollywood casting choice that you'd be like, what? No. And then bitch to your friends who also like horror movies about how they're totally going to go? Train to Busan. Yes, please. Can I go first? Tom Cruise. Yeah. As who? As anyone. He it would do all of girl. those roles because <laughs> he destroys all of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. They would yeah. probably cast him in the hot dad role. I think so, too. And I would be like, well, I was going to go see this movie until you put him in the role that I'm supposed to love. So. Oh, man. I have so many feelings about all of these things. I immediately <laughs> thought of... So in our outline and in chatting about this movie as we've been gearing up to record, we've been calling everybody by their archetypal names because... Actually, I don't remember people being addressed by name all that often except for the little girl, Sue Ann. Um uh, they don't but, get called by their names very often, and when they do, mm-hmm. it's the names are very hard for me to pronounce. And I know that that's yeah. kind of a cop-out as an American, but we mm-hmm. also don't hear them that much. So. Right, so like Sue Ann, I remember, and, and Jinhee is the is the cheerleader, but I mm-hmm. pretty much everyone else, I, I we heard their name maybe once or twice. Um, and it's especially hard to be listening for and reading um, and trying to follow something as action-packed as this. So please, please forgive us and feel free to chastise us in the comments. Um, at least it will mean that you listened. Um, so I had a lot of feelings about this, and I immediately thought of uh, Jason Statham, not for Hot Dad, but for Hot Daddy. And I, I mean, Jason Statham is fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. The man's beautiful and just fun to watch. Like, he just eats up a screen. But... I don't know that I've ever seen him have a lot of... Like, Nuance. Emotion. Yeah. There's no real gravity. Yeah. I don't mean gravitas. He's got that fine. But like actual gravity, actual weight mm-hmm. in, in what's going on there. I've never seen it. I don't know. Maybe he can do it. That would be cool to find out. But I immediately went there. And also for the ageless pregnant woman, the woman who we cannot tell if she is the same age as her husband or not. Like, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I feel like they would... products, man. They don't fuck around. <laughs> Why do you think I'm forever dousing my face in the, the Misha Timeless Essence? I just well, want to I, look like I know a fetus. Why. Remember when those disgust. two old ladies came on and, and I was like, mm-hmm. are you guys just like high schoolers with a bad wig? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? You look 25. I don't understand. I know. Like yeah, if they had, just... had some gray hair and, be, and had a boiled egg and be like, oh, mm-hmm. we got both seats. Like, they would not be old. They don't look <laughs> She old. had not been peeling a hard-boiled egg on a train into her lap i would not have i would not have bought it and then try to force <laughs> um, it on someone else that's the yeah, mark exactly. of an old woman yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've made this practical snack now eat it except that it's not practical like the the fact that it's portable does not make up for everything else about it right um i also thought for Sorry. the ageless pregnant woman no no yeah. no for the ageless <laughs> pregnant woman that they would either do, they would, I feel like Hollywood would do one of two things. Either they'd go way too young. Yeah. Right? So it would be like, I don't even know who's a good 
example. Like, remember that period maybe five years ago where they were casting Jennifer Lawrence in a bunch of shit that she was like half the right age to do? Yes. She was like 20 and she was getting cast and everything where she should really have been like 40. That. Right. Or they would cast someone that I would be so angry that they wasted. Because while I don't think the role is like pointless or even underdeveloped, I think by the time it got through Hollywood, it would be. And then they put like Carrie Washington in it and I would be so fucking pissed that they took someone of Carrie Washington's caliber and just stripped her down to tax and just left her crying the whole movie. And that's all she had to do the whole movie was cry. I um, also felt like they could cast that role as someone totally undeserving of mm-hmm. like that because it's a pa- in this version of it um, that role is like a very strong one like she has mm-hmm. that crazy pregnant lady strength mm-hmm. you know and yeah, so I yeah. feel like they could cast like some big nobody who I mean there oh, I can't even remember her name what's the girl that we can never like distinguish among. Brie Larson? Yes. <laughs> Guys, do not ever play celebrity or charades with us. It is a problem. The last time we played with friends, oh, uh, we played, was it Heads Up? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And that, we, we made that shit our bitch. We were so good at it. For and example. Cl- our clues for each other were so weird. <laughs> for example, Mary, this is the second hottest Irishman after Martin Colin McDonough. Farrell. Yep. it went like that and also i I love that she said second hottest irishman but i also knew who the first hottest hottest irishman was because a we agree on this and b i have seen the motherfucker in person who boy oh my gosh i would have got starstruck so bad i did i did my ex was like just go up and talk to him and i was like i i I can't i can't it's not even like my little like new yorker (laughs) callousness that i'm like no i'm not gonna do it I, I couldn't bring myself to walk over. He was like, Mary, he's your favorite playwright. Just walk over. And, and this is significant like because Mary approached Jeremy Irons, you guys. I did. Like, that was, I mean, it took us a few hours to work up her courage. Anyway, what do you think, Emily? I was kind of going with completely undeserving when I yeah. was thinking of the pregnant lady role. And I was thinking like Taylor Swift breaking into horror mm. movies. Oh my god! Yeah, How horrible would that perfect. be? That would be the worst. Undeserving casting. and too young and like just all wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, but I could see that happening with the wrong casting oh, yeah. director in Hollywood for sure. Like she's married mm-hmm. to Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh god! This, this is just making this yeah, so right. bad. And yeah. then also, I was thinking as the hot jock just. All of the Jonas Brothers combined. <laughs> all of yeah. them. Oh my god! Like make them all fit into like a three-person suit. <laughs> oh so they're like wearing they one on sweatsuit. Shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> the Jonas Brothers in a trench coat—they're not that tall. It's oh perfect. <laughs> um, I just want to point out too that when we Hollywoodized this, we cut out all of the Asians. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, because that's what Hollywood does, and they suck. Why? Why not? Re- why remake it? with more Asian people. <laughs> if we were fine with Asians, then we would have just watched the original. Hashtag no, no, no. representation. Just saying. Yep. Let's just whitewash the shit out of it. All right. Well, let's get back to talking about the original good movie, not this fictional one that we've made up that we're now all a little angry about and hate. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Train to Busan is a pretty, I mean, in many ways, a really classic zombie movie. Yeah. Um, outbreak, apocalyptic scale, 
um, group of survivors trying to muddle through. Ultimately, says more about the people than the zombies, blah, blah. Yes, we know. Right. Everyone knows. The Walking Dead has been on the air for 35 years. <laughs> right. so, as we always ask, is this scary? Obviously. I, yeah. I was getting texts from Mary Kay while she was watching. So I got We're going to have to every, post like, some of those on Instagram because... Uh, yeah, like every 60 or 120 seconds. Yeah. And it's scary not in a like... Not even in such an existential way. It is very visceral, physically, like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, like you're squeezing something or your heart is racing. Yeah. Very Exactly. It's very movie-ish. like, it's almost adventure movie. Yeah. I was just about, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like the writers and the actors, the director, very quickly got us invested in the characters. So it wasn't just like, okay, somebody on screen's in danger. It was like, I cared about these characters. And they were all in this mm-hmm. very fast-moving tin can with zombies. Yeah, all of the stuff that could have felt exposition-y and let in is quick. Like, we're joking about the scene with the, with the hard-boiled egg. But it, it very quickly, quickly establishes how old these women are, what their lifestyle might be like off the train, what their relationship to one another is. Um, that very brief interaction with Sue Ann and the married couple, the, the pregnant couple... You find out that he's kind of, you find out that he's kind of funny. You find out that they have a very playful interaction, but also that he can be a little much and she rolls her eyes at him a lot. You find out that they're kind to her. Mm -hmm. You know, like you you get so much established so quickly and it never feels clunky. No. None of the scenes ever go on long enough to feel clunky. Yeah. When there's not that weird dialogue that I feel like some screenwriters rely on to convey things. Like, it's just very, I don't know, natural, but cinematic at the same time. It's a lot of exposition rendered through natural dialogue. There's never a voiceover explaining what happened. I think they do a good job of not giving us information we don't need. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they don't dig too far into where all these people are going. And we manage to establish... Like, we, we feel the stakes of it, even without knowing, like, the married couple is on their way so she can give birth in her hometown, whatever. Like, actually, that's just the story of Jesus Christ. But, like, <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know where all those people were going or why. But I didn't... Yeah, it didn't matter. Even spending time on it would probably have slowed us down. Right. The point, like, the the point was... The zombies were, are on screen very quickly. Yeah. I mean, the point was they were all on the train together. I thought... The scariest part of this movie was that escalator scene when they're all on the giant escalators going down Mm. and then suddenly the horde notices them and turns around and all the escalators are still pushing them down. Yeah. Escalators are kind of scary to begin with. I had my especially those really long ones where there's no reverse, like at the airport. I have travel anxiety anyway, and I fucking hate those. It feels like just being herded into slaughter. When I was a kid, I was at a Girl Scout event in Washington, D.C. It was like some anniversary, and my shoelace got caught in an escalator, and one of the chaperones had to break my shoelace. And but ever since then, I've just had these like scary feelings of my foot's gonna get sucked into an escalator. Like, I'm a 30-year-old lady still afraid my foot's going to get sucked into an escalator. It happens, though. It can. Yeah. I know. I feel like that was something that got talked about a lot when we were kids, and now not at all. Yeah. 
Have they improved escalators? Does that not happen? Are we just better at getting on and off escalators now that they've been around for a while? I don't know what, what happened. I don't think there. I'm better. I just think I look ridiculous because I make this ridiculously large step every time I get off. <laughs> <laughs> I've always done that. I hate those. And how come is it every time you get on an escalator, you want to give the person in front of you plenty of room, but they still take their sweet-ass time getting on the getting off the escalator? So that you stumble and fuck up, and then they get mad at you when they when you step on their suitcase. Get your shit together. Put your suitcase off yeah. in front of you, dumbass. Anyway, clear, clear the 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 zone. You've got to get past the disembarkment zone. Yeah, don't slow down That's as soon all as you do. get ugh, dumb. Just just oh, barrel man. ahead, and then you can rearrange yourself and your bag into a comfortable situation. I don't give a shit if you're comfortable getting off the escalator. Get off the motherfucking escalator. So the rest of us can live our lives, too. Yes. Thank you. Exactly. This has been a public service announcement from your local feminist killjoy. Um, The more you know. (laughs) Um, I actually thought, too, like, while we were talking about how they established convention but didn't give us too much information, I thought the for fast zombies, these were good ones. Like... We didn't ever we we learned things as our characters learned them, and they're different a little bit. And mostly, we never find out how to kill them. Yeah, and that we was didn't interesting to, to me. That was an interesting, yeah, that was an interesting choice. Well, and I thought about it too. So I'm I was trying to be kind of alert to what might be cultural difference, right? So if something mm-hmm. crops up to me as like, well, it's weird that is it weird that or do I have some kind of shared language that causes me to assume that that doesn't necessarily translate? And it does make sense to me. I, I can't speak to whether or not this actually is representative, but it occurred to me that like it would be a deeply American thing to be upset that we never find out how to kill them. That, like, That's true. It speaks to American ethos that it's like, yes, but then what do we do? Yeah. How do we handle them? Like... What, but 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 what do you do about it? Like every, we we always want to handle things. We want to fix things. We want to be moving and active and in charge of our destiny. Um, yeah, and I I think that that's part of what we expect from a zombie movie too. Because as a watcher of The Walking Dead up until recently, I don't know. I just got I lost interest when they had that trash monster. Um, yeah. The the whole thing is like. You have to lose a little bit of your humanity in order to survive. And mm-hmm. Suan's dad is just too willing to do that too quickly. And I mm-hmm. think that the the moral of most of the Walking Dead stuff is like, no, you have to take care of yourself and your family first. And then you worry about mm-hmm. other people. And the right. moral of this story is just exactly the opposite. And I think that that's, or at least it seemed that way to me because we have the business fucking asshole um, it makes it almost down the wire. Oh, man. That made me so yeah. mad. I wanted to jump I... through the screen and strangle that man. Well, there's the sense... Talk about busting through the is... wall like a Kool-Aid man backwards. Right? Motherfucker. I hate Also, him. I think... I, 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 I kind of took the message to be that, that that kind of, like, tribal mentality of me and mine first mm-hmm. doesn't really serve you. Because if they hadn't all taken care of each other, if they hadn't worked together, they wouldn't have made it out. Like... Right. Even something as simple as like the the kid the 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 
sports ball player. Kid. What was that? A baseball yeah. team? It was a baseball team, mm-hmm. right? I, mm-hmm. I honestly couldn't tell if they were baseball bats or cricket bats because I'm ignorant. Um, oh, I just the, assumed they were baseball bats. I did not even consider that it might be cricket. That's how American my I, shit is. Think yeah, about to say I think they were baseball because I think if they were cricket, I'd have been like, oh look, they're flat. Right. I just couldn't. Things were moving quickly, and I was like, I'm not really sure. Um, Also, my mom tried to teach the neighborhood children to play cricket once when we were kids in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. It went terribly. (laughs) It is just similar enough to baseball that we could not like remember what was different. It went. It just went badly. We were very bad at it. I do Um, like that we have the baseball bat trope, which is a thing Mm -hmm. from horror, and I thought that was yes. So wait, question: Would your mom teach me cricket? Could we have a cricket match with your mom, like when I come back to the states? Could this be a thing? Yeah, I'm sure she still remembers. It'd be like, but I I know rules of a sport she played all the time as a kid. Yeah, no, I meant like, but would she be willing to teach us all cricket? (laughs) I was trying to remember why I haven't brought up the the baseball team. Um, It was because if he hadn't faltered when they got to the car full of his friends, they wouldn't have found out. That was the hardest scene to watch. It was so rough, and it was. But it, if he hadn't hesitated, if he hadn't been struggling with the idea of, like, beating the shit out of his friends, mm-hmm. then they wouldn't still have been in the car to find out that in the dark, right. the zombies don't react. So all these little things coming together, like, they they need each other. Mm-hmm. They keep taking care of each other. Um, so if you're so focused on yourself and your family that you would cut other people out of uh, of safety, then... You're actually just diminishing your own options and chances, I also, right? Yeah, and I also was thinking about this, too, because there are, in many zombie movies, but mostly I'm thinking of Walking Dead, just because that's what our culture has been obsessed with the most often and yeah. the, the most frequently. Um, or, sorry, most often and lately and recently. Yes, yes. Um, they have an episode in, like, the first or second series where they find out that zombies smell you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than, um, or in the, sorry, in the walking dead, they say like, you're going to see some people, you know, just deal with it. Basically like keep going. And no one expects that of the baseball player in this movie. Like you can see both men look at him and be like, realize and well, and just be like, we're going to not even yeah. say anything, but you can see that they have agreed that we're going to take this car. Yeah. You know, so you don't have to kill your friends, basically. Although, and this is another thing, like a zombie trope, right? Is like you always run on somebody you knew as a human and can't kill. Right. I also Um, liked, I know we're going to talk about masculinity later, but I liked that we saw a male um, character show vulnerability like that. Because I feel like in a lot of American horror movies, it would very typically be a woman who was having issues mm-hmm. with something like this. And I like that the other mm-hmm. men kind of picked him up and carried him in a very mm-hmm. healthy and natural way that I feel like would happen natu- like in real life. And he wasn't and he wasn't cut out of the, the group after that. It's not that they made it to the next car and they were like, well, now you're useless. Right. Like, now we don't include you in the plans. We don't include you going forward. That car was just, it was their turn yeah. to be out in front. And some and other time, he's going to be out in front. And mm-hmm. I thought, like, someone, I think, Emily, you said this, but the team part of it is so important for everyone to survive. You know, it's kind of like an right. all-or-nothing thing. Americans, we're not good at that. 
Um, we feel like you have to do everything for ourselves and we also don't feel obligated to help anyone else. And that's not good in any stretch, but I mean, you have this similar issue in most zombie movies. Um, but particularly, I mean, again, walking dead when Morgan can't shoot his wife yeah. in like the very first episode and we do see his vulnerability and I think I thought that was good then I still think that episode is one of the best ones the first one which is real hard for me to say about a pilot but um but he oh, has no he has no probably team. the the pilot is probably the best episode of the show I think that it's one an actually excellent pilot it, it really truly is that episode the one with um Tyrese and Carol in the woods is a really good standalone episode. Oh, and I love a I love a capsule I love a capsule episode. Yeah, that well, is... capsule episodes are the strongest written usually. And the other capsule episode I love so much is Here's Not Here, where we get like the origin story of how Morgan came to have mm-hmm. the uh, staff. And yeah. my man John Carroll Lynch is then is in that episode, whom I love. Oh yes, your beloved. Oh, fucking your beloved every time he comes John on screen, Carol I'm Lynch. like, all right, I'm glad I made this decision. Okay, so as long as we're drawing these comparisons, how is this like or unlike other zombie movies slash media? There's some very clear parallels, obviously, but we're already starting to point to a lot of reasons that it's not quite like the stuff that American audiences have been consuming voraciously for the past, say, 15 years. When did, when did World War Z, the book, come out? Because World War Z and the Zombie Survival Guide came out around the same time. It's got to be about 15 years ago now. That sounds right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has not actually read the book, guys, don't fuck that movie with Brad Pitt. Don't watch that. That's dumb. Go read. The book is actually fantastic. It is good. You will have feelings and shit. It's good. Go read it. So some things that I feel like this this zombie movie leaves out is um, their, their ghouls. So that. Mm-hmm. Is a, um, and then there's also no racial component. And there almost always is in zombie stuff. I will say Mary. So Mary was in Cleveland and we watched this together, which was really nice because as a audience member of this podcast, I frequently watch things by myself. So it was very nice to watch it with a friend. Um, But I mean, Mary called me out because I'm like, why are these zombies fast? And I was like kind of critical. And she's like, well, let's look at the racial implications of this. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Sorry. This my bad. And like that, I, that's really made me pause, and I've like continued to think about it since we've watched it, and it's so true. Wait, I don't understand. I don't understand. I literally don't remember what I said. This is like three. Well, weeks so ago like now. I don't remember I mean, what I we, said yesterday. We were also drinking quite a lot, so that's true. Um, so I was like really was on. I was like, why? Like I was really like, why are they fast? And we were like not sure if they were zombies at first, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. yeah. Um, because in America, in the United States, zombies come from African roots and they're seen as slow and dumb and incompetent. And right? Am I am I in the right vein, Mary, of what Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that it's associated with with religions that like white supremacist society sees as at worst evil, at best ignorant. Um, uh, associated with we talked a lot about this on our I know we constantly reference this when we do anything ghoulish um, but we discussed this on the Night of the uh, I'm sorry yeah. Night yeah. of the Living Dead right? Mm-hmm. episode 
and uh, and that it's it's a lot of it is, is metaphor for slavery. So zombies that stumble and shamble and are essentially helpless and only effectual because of their sheer numbers are a totally different thing from zombies that, you know, while maybe not having the best fine motor skills, maybe not able to handle doorknobs, <laughs> have some degree of, of cognizance or problem solving or awareness and have that physical capacity because they're not, you know, metaphorically or literally shackled. That's really interesting because the movies that we've done that are American about zombies are slow. And then you have this movie, which is Korean, right? South Korean. Mm -hmm. And then we had um, the girl with all the gifts, which was English. And they were fast Mm -hmm. zombies, too. What's the one where they're in Alaska? And there's like six months of dark. Oh, fuck. Aren't they aren't they fast in that one? And they make this like crazy noise, like ah! when they attack. Oh my, oh my god! god. Again. That was cool. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it came out when I was in college. Was it 30, oh, 30 days of know. night? Maybe. Does that sound right? Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. But I just remember we walked around campus just doing that at night because we thought we were cool. This was a whole ass movie. Like it was a horror movie. Yeah. It is a zombie movie, but it was a whole ass movie. Like. I had feelings. Yeah. I, we like wept. It was. I did. How did a zombie movie make me cry for real? I, right. But it was like so layered. Like it wasn't just a horror movie. It wasn't no, just. Right. It wasn't just a adventure movie. It wasn't just like a drama. It wasn't just a comedy. It was all combined, and it was mm-hmm. a beautiful work of art. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I got to watch it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I had been wanting to watch it for a long time, and then I finally did, and it was like. The whole time was just like white knuckled, clutching my phone, texting Mary. Why doesn't she use this <laughs> pregnant lady's strength to help? I'm going to post some of those screenshots from that text conversation because you must. I was very stressed out, and Mary called me out, and she was like, "I can tell that your adrenaline is going by the amount of Arabic swear words you're using." <laughs> I, like, I have to be really motivated to like key into that lizard part of my brain where I know some of them. I, I do have one critique. Of this movie, and I've only had it since I have been in South Korea for an hour and a half during a layover as I flew to Vietnam, Mm -hmm. and I've been in Southeast Asia for a whole week now, so I'm an expert, but nobody is wearing a face mask. Everybody, so not everybody, but so many people here wear face masks, and and I've started wearing them because the air quality is not the best. I'm in a very large city, so like even just walking down the streets, all of the pollution from the motorbikes is very bad. And so I feel like there would have been, especially in a a public area, like a train depot or Mm -hmm. I was in, you know, an airport. I mean, so many people are wearing these face masks. So that's the only critique I have. But I also understand why that is not aesthetically pleasing in a movie. It also might undercut the premise. So like we're gonna we're gonna start diving into like. The, the convention as established. Because as we've said, we felt like we understood the rules of the movie. We understood who we were working with. We understood our premise very clearly, very quickly. They established that shit tightly. Yeah. And I do think that it seems that at least to some degree, the premise is that this is an illness that spreads. Um, it's not clear to me, and I did not especially need it to be, whether these people actually die and somehow they are reanimated or the illness causes them to become this thing that is virtually 
unkillable, right? It didn't seem like they died to me. I didn't I didn't think that they did. It was so quick. Uh, I don't think it could be yeah. that they died. And that so that was part of our convention, right? Is that you have to be bitten. Mm-hmm. Um, and that once you are bitten, the conversion begins immediately and you've got less than a minute. Yeah. It happens so quickly. Um, so that was established and then we move on. Part of the reason that I think they never figured out how to kill anything mm-hmm. was that they're just between the close quarters right. and the quick conversion right. was all they could do to just stay out of their way. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't need to kill a bunch of shit when you're on a train and you can close doors and they can't open doors. Right. Yeah. You just need to get away from them. You just need to get into a car that doesn't have any of them in it. I thought that it was an interesting storytelling choice to only see this happen with Suan's dad when he turns into a zombie he sees her as a baby which I think we're supposed to think believe is like his happiest memory um yeah it's kind of like his I kind of saw him calling it up as the thing that that would give him strength to fall off the train like to jump off the train instead of okay turning that's that's how I read that that, that well that interpretation makes a lot that. more sense to me because I yeah. didn't see that happening with for example the flight attendant writhing on the floor in the aisle you mm-hmm. know they he most of them were so badly injured by the time they turned mm-hmm. that they didn't have that so like uh Jinhee the cheerleader she didn't like go straight to like writhing hell beast like he held her in his arms while she died and she seemed mm-hmm. or you know turned which seemed to be a relatively peaceful process for her um what's another there was another character who like we see them oh business fuck was what we've been calling him in the outline um business fuck retains some sentience right like he his eyes have gone milky but he can still communicate with them a little like he's not totally conscious of what's going on but he's still kind of there like he's still fighting for it yeah so it seems like their their consciousness stays for most of the turning process and then there is a distinct moment where they start flinging their limbs behind them right and then take off running with I just, teeth first i just real quick want to point out what good theatrical body work all of these Holy extras hell. were doing how so do you good. cast are they for that all, are they all dancers like what the hell i don't know but it was i just incredible and it they was all work for Cirque du Soleil <laughs> Yeah, it was super cool and weird and upsetting, and also I couldn't stop watching. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that it kind of boils down to, in this movie, they just left out everything you didn't need to get yes. through it. Mm-hmm. And then they could pack in more actual action. Yeah, they killed shit. all their darlings. It kind of yeah. makes me curious to what was left on the cutting room floor. And I would mm-hmm. love to watch some deleted scenes and some extras, and that would be some sweet-ass shit. I would get into that. <laughs> Oh, so another thing that I thought was cool, like, just for, as an example of, like, stuff that is shown, not told, and parts of the convention that we get in passing but don't really need to entertain. So in the very, very beginning, the girl runs onto the train, right? Like, at the last minute Mm -hmm. behind the guard's back. And she goes into the bathroom, and she tries to uh, tourniquet her leg where she scratched. And we Mm -hmm. see it not work. Like, she turns and then releases the tourniquet and then goes and attacks a bunch of people. Because the moment that Hot Daddy got bitten on the forearm, I thought 
cut that arm off mm-hmm. and he'll survive. And then well, that's I what Herschel, yeah, that's that, what. Yeah. And then I thought of that girl in the bathroom, right? And I was like, nope, gone for Yeah, me. I get the, that, that, establishing that immediate, oh God, this is, again, how tight is that? So tight. In the, in the sequence of a girl in the bathroom, we get that, A, this is how the epidemic enters the train. Mm-hmm. B, this is how quickly it moves. Yep. C, there is no getting in front of it. She can't tourniquet. She can't chop off this. Like, it moves too quickly for medical intervention. C, we have a classism issue on this train. Because when this woman runs on and barricades herself in the bathroom, business fuck is more worried about the man he believes to be homeless in the other bathroom, who, in fact, is the the um, truth teller who could be warning them about what's about to happen and accept that they won't listen. Um, like they just knock out in a minute or two of footage, all of necessary information. Like it's, it's fucking fantastic. I want to be that smart. How do I get that smart? Uh, practice. Is I it think. the Korean skincare? <laughs> Some of the motifs, this song, when she first started singing the first time we watched it, I was like, is she singing Aloha Oi? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Me too. And then at the end, I was like, she is literally saying hello and goodbye. Okay, I'm here for it. Also, listen to her cute little kid voice. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I just wanted to squeeze Suan every second of every moment that she was on screen. What a beautiful, sweet child with the shiniest hair I've ever seen. Yeah, and her lips are, like, perfect. Yes. They're perfect little heart-shaped child lips. Oh my gosh, what an adorable kid. Oh my gosh, yes. And when she smiles at with that baby kick in her foot, I mean, kick in her hand, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, never let society change you, Suan. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to write in her yearbook, right? <laughs> never change, XOXO. <laughs> right. If you let society change you, I will take a bite out of your fucking throat. So... Aww. I'll kill you myself, I want that on a bracelet. <laughs> yeah. I oh want gosh, that. I, I already have. Those. Actually, well, we have friendship bracelets already. And yeah. mine says, I'll eat your soul. Mine says, live deliciously. What does Megan say? And what is, is hers? Hers isn't The Shining, is it? Maybe. We could ask her. Hmm. Megan, I know you're listening. What is it? Also, I know you're listening. Hi, Ender. It's your auntie. I know you like my voice better than anyone's. Yay! <laughs> she, Megan told us that, that when they listened to the most recent episode, he found my voice fascinating, and he would start cooing and looking around for me. Aww, so That's adorable. S- s- bodes terribly for his taste in women, but <laughs> maybe he'll prefer men, and then everything's fine. <laughs> um, so I don't know how to segue this, so I'm just going to go back to the outline, because number one, you're wrong about you being bad taste and number two he is negative two weeks old right now so that is true we don't know we don't know his preferences anyway he doesn't know anything yet he doesn't know anything at all yet like he was asleep today when we went to go see him and charles was like you dreaming how you dreaming anything you haven't seen nothing yet (laughs) (laughs) What are you dreaming about, baby? He's, like, literally just dreaming about boobs. Boobs and shapes and lights. He's just, like, swimming through a sea of boobs. Like in that one movie, the... What is that old-ass movie? 40 Days and 40 Nights. 
He swims in a sea of boobs. It's a real thing, unfortunately. Anyway. I have never seen that. I thought a really Um, cool concept that happens in this movie is that every time we enter a new train car, a fresh hell awakens. There's a new obstacle (laughs) we get. And it's a really cool, like, chapter technique, right? Where it's like, cool, Mm -hmm. we made it. Okay, what's next? It's very, like, Odyssey type of, um, Mm -hmm. okay, now I have endured the Cyclops. Now I will hope that my crew mm-hmm. doesn't open this bag of winds and send me back to the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. so. absolutely. I love that. That's yeah. why Voyage of the Dawn Treader was my favorite Narnia book. It is. I it's just, the I best Narnia book. And if you have not seen the movie with those little fuckers hopping around on that one foot, you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think the movie's good, but them fuckers on that one foot are amazing. What are they called? Uh, uh, Lilliputs? No. No, that's, that's going to bother uh, me. Because I wanted to say Oompa Loompas, but I knew that was wrong. Yeah, that's that is definitely wrong. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember actually, but who knows? Um, I yes, I like that construct. It reminds me a little bit of um, comic books, especially the sequence where they fight their way down the train car, and it's kind of a long shot of just them moving slowly yeah. down the corridor. Very cool. Uh, that reminded me of uh, the scene in Old Boy, the hallway scene, which is this I have is not, not seen that quite yet. that. Now that is disappointing to me, and you should. Well, maybe it can be um, next pick because I've been wanting to see it. I just haven't made time for it. Also, I'll have to I rewatch it. Like, I don't know if that qualifies for this, but um, I'll have to rewatch it. The older man, though, in this movie, I thought was that character. Yeah, no, it's Old Boy is fantastic, but it's not. I don't know if I would qualify it as horror. I'll have to rewatch it and see if we could, if we could swing it for this because it really is okay. excellent. Um, but it has a similar shot. There's a scene where he fights his way down a hallway with a hammer. Um, cool. and it reminded me like the kind of that initial staging of them starting to bust their way down that center aisle. Um, reminded me a lot of that. We started talking a little bit about each of the characters kind of one by one. That's not so much about each of the characters as it is about their relationships to each other. No? Right. Mm-hmm. We have some of the classic familial relationships, parent-child, mm-hmm. spouses, siblings. We've got the, the young lovers, the, the teenagers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the parent-child seems to be like a, a huge, a kind of the... the linchpin of the thing yeah especially because the the main characters are dads we okay so she left him because she knew he was complicit in this viral outbreak right maybe oh i didn't know i thought she left him because he was inattentive and self-absorbed yeah sue ann says you only care about yourself and that's why she left but the the other dad said you just want to make sure that she's taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's some complexity there. Like, many things can be true, but... Well, and yeah, and what mom believes and her reasons for believing it are totally different from what is necessarily true in his mind or what is true between them. True. I want to talk about the relationship between the dads, too, because the hot daddy tells the hot dad that dads don't get any of the credit like they work just as hard but they don't get any of the credit 
And I just don't know that that is true. Like, I feel like dads get over-rewarded for doing the bare minimum most of the time. And I mean, if that's what those motherfuckers need to keep them in line, just keep doing it. But I just don't know that I buy that. I mean, to be fair, like, I have a good dad, so... I don't know. I, my my bias might be skewed, but I don't know. What y'all think about that? Uh, I think it's kind of. I mean, at least like American masculinity rewards a certain amount of like only the biggest gesture, like only the thing that takes the most muscles and the most sacrifice, the kind of day to day labor and emotional labor that women do to raise families is discounted. But a huge gesture like literally dying for your child. Right. Yeah. Is the kind of thing that any man would be like, of course I would do that. And you're like, yes, but like, do you but get But no up one is asking you to do that. I asked you to change the fucking laundry over. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, exactly. Do you, are you actually divvying up the day to day shit 50 50? Because your wife would die for the child too. Yeah. Or and your, is probably like, because you're not helping at all. Sorry. Yeah. But then again, like I said, I think that I know that like in a. American masculinity, I see that play out all the time. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's true in other parts of the world where, I, I mean, I, I, I don't really know, but I I think that you are on the nose about dads around here just kind of having to show up barely. But when they do anything that they feel is more than what they're required to do, I feel like they do have this kind of like, well, I don't get any of the credit attitude. It's like, dude, you're just picking your kid up one time because your wife has a doctor's appointment like yeah oh and that yeah that kind of shit that like who's watching the kids if like a woman goes out yeah one fucking time and it's like dad is the idea that dad is babysitting oh that makes me so mad that's not no you can't babysit your own children that's not how that works (laughs) babysitting is a job you get paid to do you get paid to do it because somebody else decided to procreate. Yes. And you make money handling their little demons for them. My mom used to get so, so mad because I would love going to my dad's for the weekend. She would be like, y'all, I would do all the work all week long and then boom, off to Candyland for the next two days. <laughs> he gets to swoop in and be the hero. I couldn't stand that shit. That's what she told me like last year. And I was like, yeah, you were really transparent about that. That <laughs> you hated it. <laughs> yeah. But like, not that I'm a parent, but I, I could get that though. I could I could get that. Like where you do all the work, you make I'd sure be about it. Yeah, you make sure that your kid is fed and has clean clothes and goes to school on time, and then this other parent gets the fun weekend. Fuck that shit. Yeah, but also well, she had to have the easier. fun childless weekend, so I think it probably balanced out. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I, I don't even have kids and I could I would feel that way sometimes like when I like when I worked in mental health that you know, like I'd hold down I'd hold down a shift by myself because since I was senior staff, they'd schedule all the new people and idiots with me. And I would fight for it, fight for it, fight for it. And then the next shift, somebody else would show up and it would be like the dream team, like three mostly capable people instead of just me trying to hold it down. And they'd have a blast and the kids would be like, oh, thank God Chief Mary's leaving. She's so mean. And I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? You're safe and you're fed because I was here. Like just... Just be cool, guys. And those are, those aren't even my children. That was that was something I got paid to do, and that was something that was only happening sometimes because I did it on purpose as my job. And I still would get resentful about it. I can't imagine. I feel you, Raylene. I know you're never going to listen to this, but I feel you. 
No, she doesn't like cussing. I know you can't see like... my side eye right now because she does it all the time. I was going to say, I feel like she's pretty big on cussing. She does cuss. She just doesn't like when I do it. Anyway, what else did y'all want to say about the dorky jock? Oh, just that that, that was a... I, I appreciated his existence. I appreciated that in the end he kind of makes that big sacrifice, which, you know, may seem a little dramatic because they're teenagers, but... We've all been there. He would rather be there... He would rather be there with her as she transitions. Mm-hmm. Some Romeo and Juliet shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, having seen him, A, kick a bunch of ass, and B, struggle with his friends, and C, take care of and support a bunch of people that to whom he didn't know shit. You know, he could yeah. have said, fuck it, I'm young. I have the stamina of a young athlete. I am going to run, and I no, they won't catch me. He could have done it, and he didn't. Hey, do you remember so. when that fucking window broke? When the bus was tilted over them and they were all yeah. just leaning on the window? My, I about shit my heart out. Like, I could feel it fall into my butt. And <laughs> it was. It was, it was prairie dogging. It was trying to come out your butt. It was really scary. Yeah. <laughs> it was like in that movie, Mother, when the heart is in the toilet. I have not seen that Oh, yet. you're going to love it. It's like, <laughs> you're going to hate it. It was such a weird it's movie. Good. It's weird. It's good, though. Um, anyway, that's how I felt that I shat my heart out. It's nice. Speaking that's of nice. bullshit, how about this business fuck? Oh, my God. I business fuck. Uh, he made me so angry. And I think... Honestly, as much as he was frustrating, I'm glad that he... It kind of reminded me... Did you guys ever see the Langoliers movie? Mm-mm. Stephen King? No. Oh, wait. Mary, I think we talked about this. And Mary Kay, you hate Stephen King. So, there's just this, Sorry. like, business I don't hate fuck. him. I just don't like his... But so there's this business Sorry. fuck character who lasts way too long. More than... Way longer than you want him to last as an audience member. Because he's just mm-hmm. such a shitty guy. But he keeps making it. But he, that reminded me of that, but in a much better way in this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it wasn't a very well done movie, The Langoliers. But anyway. Um, yeah, no, I wanted, I was glad it happened because what I was talking about before, all those layers of the movie, I think it would have been too satisfying if he had died earlier on. And That's true. I, and I like that it, it, I like that this movie just didn't give me everything I wanted when I wanted it because. Yeah. It made for a much better... Well, and then that, that helps lean into that tension between collectivism and individualism. Like, do you do what's best for everyone or do you do what's best for yourself? And I, I think this movie plays that with that well and plays with the reality that going completely one direction or the other is not useful. Um, he survives as long as he does because he is looking out for himself and not the whole group. But he can't make it all the way because he has no space in this agenda for anyone else. I want to talk about how the conductor is the real MVP. Oh, hell yeah. He's not even like, doesn't even know these people. No. And he's just the hero. He's the true hero. Yeah, he like makes an announcement and he's like, here's the plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's what we're going to do. I loved him. Oh, yes. And I also, the conversations with the hot dad to his like employee, I guess, when he calls him and he's like, we were just doing what we were told. It's not our fault, right? Yeah, it's your fault. Yes. You're responsible for your actions. Well, lemmings are a common, lemmings are a theme. Like, they come up several times. Are you one of the lemmings? Lemmings, lemmings. But 
so you have the the like visual lemmings of the the turned people chasing them, but also then this lemming mentality of I can't be responsible if I was just following orders. It's multi-layered, like an onion, like, like a rotting, bloodthirsty onion. Parfait. Oh my cake. god, I do not want to encounter a rotting. <laughs> A rotting parfait. Rotting cake like Miss Havisham. Do y'all ever have to read Great Expectations in Night Yes. We didn't have, I, I didn't have to read book. it. I didn't have to read it. But I've I seen multiple versions time, of that movie. Now I think I would like it a lot because Miss Havisham is the ultimate gothic character. It was about 17 times as long as it needed to be because he was getting paid by the word. Well, yeah, Dickens is always 17 times longer than he needs to be. Except for A Christmas yeah. Carol. That one was good. I've never but actually good, read that. It's good, but even then, like, it's, like, he could have chilled out some. He also always uses weird dialogue tags. Like, he would be like, oh, how dare you? He ejaculated. Like, he was so weird about those tags. It was so funny uh, when I was reading it in ninth grade. And how everybody was ejaculating everything. <laughs> 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 Before we do a closer, something okay. I should have brought up when we were talking about, is this movie scary? We yeah. knew very early on when Mary and I were watching it that it was going to be scary because there was a zombie deer, which is Mary's oh, yeah! worst nightmare. I forgot about the zombie deer. They are, my, they are my nemeses. Normal deer are my nemeses. Zombie deer? Fuck that shit. Do you remember when we were I camping in Texas and they just stared at us for seven years? Yeah, well, they're real big on that. <laughs> yeah, they um, they like to follow me around and stare at me now. So, yeah, it was really, I did not like that moment at all. It made me upset. And I liked it better in Get Out, where the deer died. <laughs> stayed dead. And Look, in the invitation. I, yeah, I know. Deer and I are not cool. I never knew that until this moment. Oh, yeah, they're, she's super anti-deer. Deer are... My nemesis. Nemeses, because there's so many, yeah. There are so many. That's there true. There are a lot. I think that's right. part of the reason that they're scary, right? Is that there's just a building. They're a horde. <laughs> yeah. What animal would be the scariest to be zombied? Deer. Duh. Rats. Rats. Obviously Ew. rats. Because they could get, well, they could get anywhere. They're freaking rats. They would spread, so like, right. the bubonic Or plague, an octopus. But... Octopus can Ooh. get anywhere, too. Yeah, and they can that would open... be fucking terrifying, a zombie yeah. octopus. Well, have you seen that video? A zombie video? fainting goat? Have you... Yeah, but the octopi <laughs> can't leave the water. A zombie fainting goat. That would be hilarious. But wait, okay, an octopus can't leave the water. So who gives a shit? I was just bragging about how I knew that they could get into small places. Oh, well. What about a zombie yeah, rhinoceros? Right. They're fat and mean Holy already. F- Oh my god, like I'd me. love to be, yeah, I'd love to be a rhinoceros. And they lay around in mud all day. Doesn't that sound like the life? Yeah. Okay, but for real though, the scariest zombie animal for me would be any zombie kind of bird. That would That's just. That's what I was just about to say, Emily. That would just brain. mess me up. I would just, I would kill myself. I'd be done. If that was going to be a thing, I wouldn't even <laughs> try to fight. I would just be like, well, I guess my life is over. Bye, guys. Oh man, yeah. The bird. I was thinking about birds as you said it. It came into my brain. Well, I thanks for that disturbing image. Yeah, st- 
Sticking with sticking with deer, actually. Fucking deer. <laughs> fucking hate them. Speaking of disturbing, on yes, our next, next episode of Everything Trying to Kill You, we have Lynn Ramsey's 2017 film, You Were Never Really Here. It is starring Joaquin Phoenix at his very most troubled yet attractive, which I feel like is quite a statement considering all of the roles that he's had. Um, that movie is about Joe, a war veteran, ex-FBI guy, and hired hand who rescues girls from sex trafficking. It is very intense. And our friend of the podcast, Christopher David Rosales, will be joining us while Megan is on maternity leave. Um, he writes Crime Noir, and you should probably check out his website because he's pretty bomb. Um, you can watch this movie on Amazon Prime, right, with a subscription? Unless you're in Vietnam, I think it's Amazon apparently. Prime. It's what? Oh, everybody. Aww. I, I can't watch Amazon Prime. Oh, that's such a bummer, but I'm really glad that you could watch this movie, Emily, because we loved having you on as a guest. So thank you oh, so thanks. much. I really enjoyed watching this movie and being it a guest. It was good. Yeah, it was we really good. We love having you. Thank you. And thank you guys all for listening. Thank you so much. Yay. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and review and subscribe. It seriously helps us so much. And tell all your friends, bye.